another installment of everything nhl the hockey segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host nathan and we're here with our hockey expert james kumar hey what's up man so so this week we're gonna go over thursdays and friday's games um we'll talk about some news around the league um give a little bit of an overview of how round two is going so far preview Saturdays and Sundays games and uh, we'll wrap it up after that. All right. Sounds good. Let's just get into it. All right. So let's start um, Thursday with uh, the Boston Bruins versus the New York Islanders. Uh, very hard fought game. It was really close uh, to one. Um, I think Boston scored in the first period by Craig Smith and no goals in the second. Uh, Matthew Barzil scored in the third for New York, and Marshan was able to clutch the game out in overtime uh, for the Bruins win. And what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I know Boston dominated the early part of the game, but then I think the Islanders were really pushing, and then uh, Barzell got that goal there near the end of the third period. I believe there's only five minutes something left. Then it went to overtime, but I guess Brad Marchand didn't waste any time. He scored just over three minutes into the first overtime period. And, I mean, Boston's up 2-1. They won a game in New York. I mean, the Islanders, I guess they're probably just looking to bounce back next game, but it is going to be tough because Boston's been playing really well. Yeah, and I guess uh, what do you think the Islanders can do to kind of um, catch up to Boston? Well, I think one of the Islanders' main issues has been generating offense. I mean, Boston outshot them by like over 10 shots. So, I mean, maybe bring that gap a little bit closer, maybe not allow so many shots on goal because, I mean, eventually they're going to go in. That Brad Marchand shot was a... It was a pretty, like, like it was a good uh, picked shot. Like, he picked his spot. But that shot doesn't go in all the time. You never uh, get perfect shots like that. So, I mean, uh, eventually um, they're going to keep scoring if they get lots of shots. So the Islanders just have to eliminate all that pressure from Boston. Yeah, I mean, Boston just has a lot of pressure um, overall. They're both really good defensive teams. But sometimes you're not going to get, like, the perfect shot. You just got to let it rip. Yeah, and I mean, the Islanders are only averaging, like, what, nine shots a period? I mean, you got to get at least 10 per period um, if you want to even have a chance to win the game. So that that's just how I feel. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the next game, Carolina Hurricanes versus uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, this was a relatively high-scoring game. Um, I think the Hurricanes were able to come up out on top in overtime 3-2. No goals in the first period, but in the second period, um, we had Brett Pesha and Sebastian Aho for Carolina and Braden Point and Alex Killorn for Tampa Bay. And uh, no goals in the third period, but Jordan Stahl was able to clutch the game out for Carolina to get the win. And what are your thoughts? I mean, it was... Uh a penalty that resulted in a power play and Carolina finished off the game, but I don't think Tampa Bay had a bad game. I believe they outshot them. Yeah, they outshot them by 10 in this game. So, I mean, like as the Tampa Bay Lightning team, I think I would just say just pretty much keep up what they're doing. And I think next game, the 
bounces will go their way. Because, I mean, it's not like they had a bad game. They just were unfortunate in overtime. Yeah, for sure. It seems like, I mean, Carolina is still a really good team, but like stats wise, it looks like um, on paper, Tampa Bay has the advantage. So um, what do you think that Carolina should do to continue their momentum? Yeah, they, I guess, got to keep the scoring down because, I mean, um, if Tampa Bay scoring like two or less, uh, usually you should be able to beat them. So uh, I know it's going to be tough to stop uh, Tampa Bay's offense, but Carolina is going to have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess looking at some of Friday's games, um, it looks like um, the games haven't finished yet. Um, I think uh, Montreal versus Winnipeg. Um, Montreal is winning right now. It's in the second period. Um, Colorado versus the Vegas Golden Knights is going to start later later on. Um, so I guess we won't be covering those. So um, let's go... Um, to the news, I guess we can kind of start with uh, the Leafs. Um, it was a pretty disappointing series for the Leafs. They lost in seven games to um, the Montreal Canadiens. So I guess, um, what are your general thoughts about the series? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know we didn't cover it on the last podcast because it just happened this week. Um, they lost in game seven to Montreal. Um, I think clearly they should have gotten it done in game six. I know we previewed that game um, last podcast. We said we expected Toronto to get the win. Clearly they didn't. Took it to game seven. They lost all momentum in the series and uh, they lost uh, to Montreal in that game. I believe it was three to one. Yeah, um, I guess I was just uh, wondering what are your thoughts on kind of the more, I guess, higher tier players on the team? Um, I guess some of the the, the players who are kind of like more second line players, they stepped up, but the guys who were in the top line, um, I guess they just didn't do quite enough. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just start off by saying that uh, there's three players on the Leafs I'll definitely give a pass to. Um, goalie Jack Campbell and forwards Jason Spetz and William Nylander. I mean, they outplayed uh, what we expected out of them. Um they definitely were not the reasons for Toronto losing this series. I mean, Spets is almost 40 years old and he put up like numbers that he would put up in his prime in this series. And I mean, William Nylander led the series in goals. And I mean, Jack Campbell just stood on his head for Toronto. He made almost 30 plus saves every night. So, I mean, uh, those three, I definitely can't blame. I know definitely on the defensive end, there were a lot of costly giveaways. Guys like Travis Dermott, Rasmus Sandin, and others uh, were responsible for some of those giveaways. Um, and then up front, you talked about the top line. Austin Matthews, only one goal in the series. I mean, he led the league in goals this year. He has no excuse uh, to just score only one. Um, and then Mitch Marner, uh, Toronto's leading scorer in the season. He was top five in league scoring, and he didn't have any goals in the series. Uh, very few points as well. So um, he's both of those players are definitely going to be looking back at the series saying uh, that they were disappointed in their play. And I think that Leafs fans should be disappointed in their play considering how much money they're making every year. Yeah. And I guess, um, I guess I kind of goes back to um, John Tavares getting injured. Um, the series may have turned out um, different. I'm guessing they, they kind of lost their steam a little bit. They weren't able to get back in the game, but they're still a really good team on paper. It should have been more than competitive, even without John Tavares. So uh, what do you think they can do going forward? 
Yeah, I mean, they lost John Tavares. Uh, they didn't have Jake Muzzin for a good, a good part of the end of the series there. Um, for most of game six and all of game seven, they didn't have uh, Jake Muzzin. So, I mean, it was tough. Uh, core guys were injured. Um, I guess, yeah, they sort of ran out of steam. They had that uh, John Tavares sort of boost, you know, like they're playing for him, you know, trying to win for him, that kind of thing. But eventually when you're just missing too many guys, that sort of derails. I know Nick Felino wasn't healthy. He was in and out of the lineup. Uh, I could bring up other names as well that were uh, in a pretty similar spot. So um, I know injuries happen uh, and they just couldn't close out the series. So it's definitely still on them. Yeah, this is kind of the times where like Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner should really step up, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tavares is their like pretty much go to like third guy. I know Nylander did step up and become that. Well, he ended up being the top guy. Um, and then, you know, uh, other guys even like uh, definitely uh, the second line was good. Alex Kerfoot, Nylander and um, Alex Galchenyuk. But I guess the third line guys like Pierre Engvall and and I. I guess, um, you know, some of the others on that line, um, even the fourth line, uh, Joel Thornton, Wayne Simmons, um, and then I guess just, you know, other names that, uh, like, I don't know, Riley Nash didn't have his best series. Um, like I said, Nick Foligno was banged up. Like, you can just go through most of their roster. I think Morgan Riley could have played a little bit better for them, some of the other defensemen. TJ Brody was, was pretty good. I know there were some times where, you know, he could have played a little bit better. But Muzzin was their best defenseman. He had the most goals for them in the series. And, I mean, the guy goes down, and it's tough. He's physical as well. Um, you know, they, they just didn't have that toughness on the back end as well for that end part there. Yeah, and I guess um, still – um, even though I guess this was kind of like a hard loss, this team is still really good on paper. Um, I would say, I guess you could say that there's not really a reason to blow this team up. Maybe you can add a couple of pieces, maybe like restructure a little bit, but for the most part, um, what Toronto has going for them is pretty good right now. Yeah. I mean, any fan saying blow it up clearly is not watching this team closely. I mean, they are the division winners this year. You can't overreact to a, a playoff loss like this. I mean, these, this team's still growing, right? I mean, it took Ovechkin like what, 11 playoff seasons before he finally won his first Stanley cup. I mean, some teams, it takes longer than others. You just gotta um, stay true to the process. I mean, if the Leafs go and blow everything up now, then, I mean, it took them so long to, to rebuild and get everything back up to how good they were in the early 2000s. So, I mean, yeah, I look at what's happening with Detroit. They're going through an extensive rebuild that could take 10 plus seasons for them to even make the playoffs. So yeah, definitely that's, that shouldn't be the case and management shouldn't be going in that direction. They should be staying true to, to the course, you know, they're getting better and better every year. If you go back to that first year, they made the playoffs with the score against Washington. They're a whole lot better of a team now compared to then. So just got to stay true to the process and eventually the, they'll break through. Um, they, they just need a little bit more experience in my opinion. Yeah. And I guess to reiterate that normally when you rebuild a team into a team that can make deep playoff runs, it normally takes around 10 years, maybe give or take a couple, depending on um, how good your GM, GM is at like finessing people. So, I mean, this is kind of to be expected. They need some more playoff experience. It, this is kind of like their experience of not having to rely on John Tavares all the time in terms of like their mentality. They got to kind of pick things up themselves as well. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the depth was pretty decent this year. It's just the players didn't perform. So uh, you got to get uh, players in there that, you know, they, they can round out their bottom six, you know, with some cheap contracts and just make sure those guys are just playing at a consistent level. And I guess they can chip in a little bit and so that the Leafs, it, let's just say one player is not scoring like Mitch Marner. You still have guys there in the bottom six that can put the puck in the net. Um, and then just wait for Marner to get it going. But yeah, like we said, the, those top guys, they definitely had a bad series and they definitely should be looking to turn it around for next season. Yeah, I think they're probably the most angry. I mean, even more than more so than the fans because like there, there's all this like expectation on them. They don't actually want to play like this. It's just kind of the way it worked out. So hopefully next season, they'll be able to, I guess, play to their full potential. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Jack Campbell was pretty upset in his interview. I saw interviews from Matthews, Marner, Felino, other guys, um, Coach Keith, uh, GM Dubis. I mean, they were they were all not happy about the series. Some were hard on themselves. Some were just hard on the entire team in general. But yeah, um, definitely there definitely needs to be improvement for next season. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to. Um, some more current news for the round two. Um, Mark uh, Scheifele got suspended for four games. Um, he gave um, Evans from the Montreal Canadiens a pretty big hit. So um, I guess what are your general thoughts on this? Okay, so um, I can sort of describe the scenario. So Jake Evans uh, went around the net. Uh, he was trying to get the puck to uh, put in an empty netter. And basically, Mark Shifley just went and bowled him over. I believe the puck was just crossing the line as that happened. Um, whether he had time to make a play on the puck, I have no idea, but he went in for the hit. Obviously, he skated into the hit, so that's automatically a charging penalty. Um, some people say that the hit is clean and that Evans didn't have his uh, head up. Um, and clean meaning like non-suspendable. Like, of course, he gets a charging penalty because he took too many steps into his hit but um, like clean in terms of uh, no suspension. And then others say, oh, it was a dirty hit. It was blindsided. It was whatever. Some say there was head contact. Some say it was shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to chest, whatever. Um, but yeah, they gave four games. Uh, I mean, I feel like four games is a little too much because normally playoffs, they sort of cut the games in half when it comes to suspensions because they treat playoff games as like double importance, right? So uh, they gave Shifley four games. I feel like if they were going to, they should have just given him two games because of the weight of playoff games. But, uh, I mean, clearly they felt that he deserved it. I mean, he is a first-time offender. So um, they gave a guy like Ryan Reeves for his actions uh, earlier this week only two games, and he is a repeat offender. So I was kind of confused by that. I'm not sure how the system works. I, we, I remember we talked about they didn't uh, suspend Tom Wilson earlier this season. Uh, because of some actions he did um yeah their their system is very confusing right now um if they want to give shifley games i feel like one or two is good enough i mean um it was a charging penalty 100 percent give him a game misconduct fine uh uh definitely uh, give that to him but uh and and i guess if you really felt like it was head contact maybe suspended for one or two games but i feel like four games is too much they're just impacting the series uh, more than they should and um yeah that, that's pretty much what i have to say about it i mean shifley did apologize about it his family got some um, hate over it uh, unnecessary because his family shouldn't be getting targeted by fans he should be the one getting targeted 
uh, with criticism from fans. So that definitely wasn't good. Um, I think he just accepted the suspension instead of appealing it because he was tired of his family being bothered. And I understand that because definitely you don't want um, that to be happening. So, Yeah, I think um, that's kind of like the thing where it's like, maybe they did it because of like how it looked it was kind of like the optics of the situation the hit looked um pretty bad on on camera even though you could definitely make an argument that it might not have been like the worst the worst hit out there but then at the same time there's guys who've done like the same level of hit if not worse and they they get like a lighter fine so there's that as well yeah, like I said, we talked about Tom Wilson. I just mentioned Ryan Reeves. So, um, I mean, they could suspend Shifley. I'm not against it, but they just got to be more consistent with their suspensions. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is um, we're not sort of still not entirely sure how this is going to affect the series. It could swing the game in the Canadians' favor. The Jets could still um, have a chance. They're still a really good team, so I guess we'll have to see about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we were taking a look uh, at the score. Um, it's still a 1-0 for Canadians in the third period. So I guess we'll definitely have to see what happens in that game. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can um, move on to kind of the round two outlook of the playoffs. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, Montreal versus the Winnipeg Jets since we just talked about them. Um, what are your general thoughts on the series so far? Yeah, I mean, it's clear that in game one, the Jets came out kind of rusty. They hadn't played for a week. Montreal just came out of a game seven. So uh, I don't think the Jets put on their best performance. Uh, the series will either be 2-0 or 1-1 after game two. And it's heading back to Montreal. So Montreal, whether they win or lose in Friday's game, will be in the driver's seat in this series uh, going home. So um, definitely something to look out for. The Jets will definitely have to win on the road if they want to get back in this series. Yeah, I guess uh, Montreal, they really, they're, they're off to a great start. So what do you think that the Jets can do to kind of um, take the momentum back? I mean, they have a lot more top tier scoring compared to Montreal. So take advantage of that. Their top guys need to score. That's something Toronto wasn't able to do. Uh, if the Jets top guys can start scoring, I don't think Montreal can keep up with them. Yeah. And I guess this kind of comes down to um, the defense of Montreal, especially the goaltending. Um, Carey Price is not a guy to be slept on. So um, I guess what, what do you think the Jets can do to kind of um, manage the fact that such a good goaltender is in the net? Shoot the puck as much as you can. That's something that all teams need to do. Like we talked about Boston earlier, they just kept firing the puck on net and eventually it's going to go in no matter how good the goalie is playing. I mean, Varlamov had a great game, but he can't stop everything. So just pepper the net and you'll get goals. Yeah, just let it rip. Exactly. And I guess we can move on to um, uh, Carolina versus Tampa Bay. Um, what are your thoughts on that series so far? Yeah, it was interesting because Tampa Bay took both games in Carolina to start the series. Then Carolina took the next game in Tampa Bay. And if it goes the way the series has been going where the away teams are winning, then, I mean, maybe we can expect Carolina to tie up the series. So um, series has been close. I think every game has been decided by one goal. 
So I guess that's just definitely something to keep an eye on in this series. There's a lot, a lot of one goal games. These teams are virtually even. I mean, Tampa Bay has looked a little bit better than Carolina, in my opinion. And I think the series score shows that uh, being up two to one. But yeah, um, Carolina, this series is still winnable for them. There's no question. Yeah, I think it's a situation where Tampa is better on paper, but they're not better to the point where Carolina just has no hope. There's still a lot that they can do. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is one of the deepest teams on paper anyways. They might not have the high-end talent Tampa Bay has, but um, they have a deeper defensive core. And I mean, they also have a deep forward core. We can't sleep on that as well. Yeah, I mean, they were one of the best performing regular season uh, teams this season so that's definitely something to kind of watch out for yeah i mean every time we would review games it was pretty much carolina winning every single time like there was rarely a time we would review a carolina loss so um, they are a good team and they can definitely come back in the series sure and i guess we can move on to um boston versus the new york islanders and uh, what are your general thoughts about this series yeah, Boston has really outplayed the Islanders. The Islanders just eked out a win in game two. They really need to turn on the gas in this series, especially since next game they are home. Uh, that's pretty much must win because if you lose both home games um, to Boston, then I think the series is pretty much over at three to one. So definitely Boston has played like the better team, so they do deserve to be up in this series. Yeah, I mean, Boston, they have a lot of playoff um, experience. They've been around the block. They've been to Stanley Cup finals multiple times. They've won multiple championships. So it's a pretty battle-tested franchise. So um, I guess uh, for New York, they kind of have to, I guess, just give it, give it everything they have. Yeah, they need more offense. That's pretty much what I'm going for in this series with the New York Islanders because they're in my opinion, one of the least offensively gifted teams, whether it's because of their system or because of their players, but they really need to activate the offense that they do have if they want to win this series. For sure. And I guess, what do you think they can do to kind of, um, I guess, uh, mitigate uh, Boston's defense? Uh, I mean, they've just been relying on fast breaks for most of their offense. I think they actually need to generate an offensive system to actually pressure uh, Boston. And I think that that'll produce a lot more shots and then they can definitely try and get some more goals, similar to what they did at the end of last game where they tied it up. For sure. And I guess we can move on to the West. Um, Colorado versus Vegas. Colorado is leading by um, two games right now, so... What are your thoughts on the series? Yeah, game one was pretty much a write-off. Um, Colorado was just a better team. They, they beat up a tired Vegas team who got one day of rest in between games. Uh, and then when both teams had good enough rest in between uh, the first and second game, then Vegas came out and played like the better team. They just took an unfortunate penalty. It was kind of a penalty that I didn't really agree with, but that ended up happening. Colorado got a power play in overtime, and then they finished it off. So, I mean, I wouldn't fault Vegas for last game. I feel like being at home now might help Vegas um, for game three. I know that's uh, Friday night. Uh, we didn't review that because it hasn't uh, started yet. Uh, well, it's just getting underway now. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, game three is must win for Vegas if they want to get back in this series. Because if Colorado goes up 3 nothing, I think it's pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, they're down 2-0, but this is kind of like 
the best case scenario for being down 2-0, you at least have a home game. Um, you got the fans of Vegas um, cheering behind you. So um, you just kind of, I guess, let the fans kind of uh, boost your confidence a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they helped them in game seven last week against Minnesota. So um, the fans can really help Vegas, give them a little bit of a boost to try and get a win because they did outplay Colorado last game. So we know this team is capable. They just got to be able to finish. Yeah, I mean, they're both two really good teams. I think... I feel like whoever um, wins this game, they're probably going to go all the way to, to the cup finals, if not win the entire thing. Yeah, the, these two are definitely more of the, ta- the two talented teams. I mean, they'll be playing either the Jets or Montreal in the next round. So, I mean, they will have the best matchup. So they'll definitely have an opportunity to get to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it for our look at the playoffs. So... I guess we can preview some of um, Saturday and maybe some of Sunday's games as well. So we'll start with, I guess, Carolina Hurricanes versus Tampa Bay. Um, who do you think is going to take this? Um, I know all the away teams have won so far, but I think Tampa Bay should be able to bounce back here at home. I kind of see them taking a 3-1 series lead here, similar to how they did against Florida. Um, they lost one game and then they just bounced right back and won the next game at home. So uh, I think I might like Tampa Bay. I believe they are favored in this game for a right reason. And I think I will take them in this game. For sure. And I guess moving on to uh, Boston versus the Islanders. Um, they're very, um, I wouldn't say evenly matched, but um, who do you think is going to take it? Um, but like I said, Boston's been playing like the better team. I wouldn't be surprised if they took it. I, I might say New York Islanders, even though they are underdogs at home, just because they need the win. I mean, I think if they don't get this win, the series is done. So I think the Islanders will try as hard as they can to get this win. So I might lean slightly with the New York Islanders in this game, just because they're at home. Fighting for their playoff lives. So if there's a time to pick in New York, this is the time. Yeah, they're one of the biggest underdogs uh, in terms of, of any of the series. Uh, Boston is clearly the better team, uh, so they definitely need to capitalize on their home ice advantage, especially since they lost the last game at home. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, looking at some of Sunday's uh, games, the Winnipeg Jets versus the Montreal Canadiens, um, who do you think can take this? Honestly, uh, it's pretty tough. Uh, I believe, uh, I mean, the Jets have to bounce back if they go down 2-0. Um, I mean, if they don't, it's just going to be so tough. Uh, I think I see the the Jets winning, I think, either way, just because they need the win. I mean, if they go down like 3-0 or 2-1, it's bad for them. So, um, I mean... Yeah, it just depends. I think, uh, let me just double check the score. I think it the game might actually be almost done here. Um, yeah, I think uh, Winnipeg has an empty net as we speak. They're trying to tie up the game. But yeah, if the Jets do end up losing this game too, um, I guess just look for them to bounce back in game three because if they go down 3-0, we know that the series should be done. So, Yeah, another uh, fighting for your playoff um, life situation. Oh yeah, definitely. 
And I guess moving on to kind of like the heavyweight um, match of the Stanley Stanley Cup, um, Colorado versus Vegas. Um, who do you think is going to win this? Actually, just looking at the odds, these two teams are evenly favored here uh, at minus 110. So I think they really put a lot of weight into the Vegas Golden Knights uh, home ice advantage. Um, honestly, if Colorado wins game three, um, maybe look for Vegas to win here. Uh, it Honestly, it's just going to depend on how game three goes. I probably need to watch game three before I, I make a pick on uh, Sunday's game. Um, I think definitely leaning Colorado is always a good pick regardless. But um, I guess just look how, how Vegas plays in game three. If they're dominant again, then I think you'd probably be safe taking them in game four. But if, if Colorado, like let's just say Vegas wins and Colorado still dominates, I think whichever team sort of dominates the shot count, dominates possession, that's probably going to be the team winning game four, even if it doesn't work out for them in game three. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, they're both very evenly matched. Colorado has the best offense, but Vegas is finding a way to kind of um, manage that somehow. Yeah, so what I'm thinking is it's pretty much the best odds you're going to get for Colorado the rest of the playoffs. If you want to go Colorado, might, might as well take advantage because they can easily win this game and you're not getting better odds than that. So, Yeah, for sure. And um, that about wraps up this week for everything NHL. Um, if you like to um, listen to podcasts, you can definitely give us a follow on Spotify. We're also on Apple Music and we're also on Google Podcasts. So definitely give us a follow there as well. Um, if you need some picks, you can follow us at FanFanPodcast. We're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. Um, if you like to watch, uh, watch um, videos instead. We're also on YouTube. Um, subscribe to us, uh, hit the bell, and you'll receive notifications for our podcast, not just for hockey, but for our other sports as well um, every single week. Um, definitely give us a review. Um, give us a comment on who you think is going to um, take the, the series for round two for each team. And uh, we'll see you next week.